2: These guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's flagrant house.
1: And we have a birthday boy in the house, everyone, (laughs) Jim (laughs) Peterson. (laughs) How old are we now?
3: We said 38, 39. How old are you? you?
0: I was 36 when I started with the Wolves, and I'm 62 now. That's crazy to me.
1: Wow. That's crazy. Okay. It's amazing how you I feel like most people who would have covered 26 years of the Timberwolves would look older than you do. So nice job to you for (laughs) finding ways to remain stress free through some of those dark years. There was a a dark 15 year period there, but you made it out.
0: Yeah, man, it's you know what the KG years they they, I rode the wave of the KG years for 15 to 16 years until we got to this current era. So thank you, KG. (laughs)
1: yeah I have a, i actually have a, a birthday song for Jim real quick I just would love keep celebrating here Kyle's got the hat on are you ready I'm gonna <laughs> sure. sing for the first time yeah, ever line, right this is your birthday song it's not gonna last very long <laughs>
3: <laughs> you've been saving that one for a while haven't you it really have been yeah the whole season I will, I will say we, we we're talking offline uh talking about hair because I think I'm probably gonna join you guys here soon but uh Jim's Wikipedia page does have like a real like if you haven't seen it yet, go to Wikipedia you have a good set of hair there it looks like that was from 1988 so that's when I was born but you used to have a pretty good head of lettuce up I, there
0: I had a pretty good pretty good mop man I didn't think I was gonna lose it um, but you know what I used to go like I used to go like this when I started losing my hair like I used to go like what is this gonna look like and I was like oh my god <laughs> it's not good <laughs> I'm not going to look good bald, but here we go. You know what?
1: Yeah. 62 never looked better. 62, yeah. hitting the ball 300 yards, you know, just just rocking and rolling. Um, we got some fun stuff for you here, and then we have a random wolf of the week later on, too. And I don't want to spoil it, but we also – we're going to do a second episode today of Flagrant Howls where we actually track down our first ever random wolf of the week to join the podcast. So Jim will tell you about that afterwards yeah, because we don't want to spoil it, you know, for – The audience, but it'll be our first ever random Wolf of the Week guest on the show, so we're we're very excited about that. But Jim, let's start here on Flagrant House today at Timberwolves Lifestyle Podcast. We got the the second half in air quotes. It's not really like they're they're way past the halfway point, but the all star break kind of represents a deep breath and then a stretch run. Are we? I'm just going to ask you: Are we on finals watch with this team? Like this this team, we've been we've been having a great time. Number one seed, pretty much the whole season. (laughs) Proven all the doubters wrong, right? To what extent are we on NBA Finals watch? How good is this Wolves team now that you've seen all these games so far?
0: Well, I'm definitely thinking that we have the ability to get there. I think that I'm. it's just funny because I'm watching all the pundits and we're being left off a lot of lists, you know? I see that, you know, Denver, Clippers, Dallas – you know, are kind of the front runners. And I think that a lot of people would still like to see the Lakers get into the mix, but um, I I can see why I'm obviously Denver deserves to be in the mix for sure. But I think we match up really well with the Denver Nuggets. Um, We've seen, we've seen how we match up with the Clippers. I think the game at target center here during this homestand um, is going to be, see, we're, we're home for seven. I think it's game six of the seven game homestand. Um, And then, you know, I think that obviously, you know, we we you know, we've we've had problems with OKC, um, we've had problems with the Pelicans. Um, Dallas is going to be a different team this this last stretch of games. So what do we have left? We have 27 games left. Um, so that these last 26, 27 games for the Mavericks, uh, I think they 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 probably did the best job in the Western Conference of of improving their team at the trade deadline. Daniel Gafford really helps them, and so does PJ Washington. Uh, but as far as we're, we're concerned, I mean, we've got a really, you know, really nice schedule to, to finish the season here. So it's 20, 27 games left. I don't know. I think we can go 19 and eight. Um, I, that's, that's kind of my, my prediction right now. Um, so we've got the seven game homestand. We have a, you know, we have a six game road trip and then we played 10 of the last 14 at home. So, you know, seven back to backs, but you know, a bunch of those are home home back to backs. I think uh yeah, three or four of the seven are home home back to backs so it's not quite as bad. But um I think the schedule's favorable. I think that getting the number one seed is gonna be really important. I think that seeding is is one of the most important things. So like I, I don't you gotta play everybody, you know. I'd obviously you'd like to stay out of Phoenix's Phoenix's, you know, uh bracket. Um, I, I'm not, I think that Phoenix probably gives us the most problems. I don't know who you guys think, um, would be the, the toughest matchup, but I am for sure bullish on Minnesota making it to the finals. Wow.
3: So Jim, we, <clears throat> when you coached with, with Cheryl and the links every year, you were a contender, basically, you know, and every other year you, you won a title, but I remember the year I was working there. I think it was the Olympic break. So like you're, you're cruising through the season, but then you have this really long break longer than all-star break, but. As a coach, how what do you tell your players? Like, what, what do you think Finch is telling those guys in the locker room of kind of this stretch run and how to keep them focused on, like you said, how important the one seed could be having home court advantage and not having a lull after these guys kind of had a week off?
0: Well, you know, I think that one of the things, you know, was like I've, I've talked to other coaches um, about, you know, kind of grinding your team to try to get the one seed. Um, and, and I think that there, there's – There's, you know, we were talking about this in Portland, Kyle, of of the importance of getting to the one seed. I just think that it gives you a much better, the odds go way up. If you are able to be the one seed, I mean, think about the last time Minnesota was the one seed. They, They were the one seed in 2003, 2004, and they made it to the Western Conference Finals. And, you know, having that home court advantage and having that game seven at home makes a huge difference for your odds to get there. So, um, you know, I I'm I'm talking about, and this is one thing that Cheryl would always bring up uh during our season is how important it is to get the home court advantage in the playoffs. I mean, that's really what we played for. So the regular season was super important to her, and we geared up everything. Every game was was like a playoff game to us. And that because you know, in the end in the WNBA, it's only 34 games, so it's a little bit different, right. you know. Um, this this last stretch of games, though, I think that Finchie has and this this coaching staff is just it's the best coaching staff that we've had since I've been with the Timberwolves. And and it's I think it's safe to say it in team history. Um, the work that they've done to to manage the personalities and to and to and to put out all the fires. And I've said this many times that, you know, it's like when a problem comes up, Finch has, has this ability to address the issue, fix it, and move on to the next thing. And so he's done that with this team in such a great way. Um, you know I just I just think that uh, that this coaching staff is going to get them to where they need to be so you know focusing on talking about being the one seed I don't think is out of bounds I think that you have to have a goal and the Wolves have been in first place for a long time but if you take it one game at a time and I know it sounds cliche but that's really what you have to do and and Finchie's always about setting like little goals in, in small segments so you know this homestand these next seven games let's Let's talk about, you know, like game by game. Let's just get through the seven games and then go on to the next segment and then get to that last 10 of 14. Because um, having the number one seed is going to be very, very important for this team to have success.
1: You mentioned a few minutes ago, Jim, just the, the national talking heads are having a hard time putting the Wolves in that conversation, despite now it's been almost three quarters of the season and they've just been hanging right at the top of the conference. 20 point wins on the road against the Clippers. I mean, the evidence is staring in the face, but it's the Timberwolves. I don't think they can get it out of their heads that it's the Timberwolves and it's Carl Anthony Towns has had these sort of playoff failures and Rudy Gobert has been played off the court. So they just kind of put him in a separate bin. But if you take away the Timberwolves' preconceived bias for a second, in fact, I'm going to give you a stat storm. I'm going to steal Katie's segment right now. Okay. <laughs> this is a stat storm. So. Of the last 30 years in the NBA, the teams that finish the season in the regular season, number one in defensive net rating. So what what can you hang your hat on if you're the Wolves? Well, they are the number one defense in the NBA, number one defensive net rating. So 100% of the number one defenses have made the playoffs over 30 years. That's not a question. 87% of the number one net rating defenses advance in the playoffs beyond the first round, 68% make the conference finals. 35% of number one net rating defenses make it to the NBA finals. So just having that as the thing that you're hanging your hat on, I mean, it doesn't guarantee you got to play the games and everything you said is correct, get that home court advantage. But if that is the base that you're working with, number one defense, historically, 35% of those teams make the NBA finals, Jim Pete.
0: I wonder what happens if you also say if you're a top five three-point shooting team as well in the yeah. history because, you know, because yeah. effective field goal percentage matters. You know, mm-hmm. I think that obviously defense travels, but you got to be able to make shots too. you got to be able to be, shoot the basketball and you've got to be able to, sh- to make threes. You can't have the three-point disparity be, be super huge, which is something that Minnesota's had in years past um, going into the playoffs when they've made the playoffs. So yeah, no, I, I'm with you, man. Like defense travels, like this team is built to win. This is why I say, this is why I'm bullish on this team is because this team is committed to the defensive end. This team is committed to fixing problems and the way that they've been moving the basketball and passing the ball and sharing it the way that Ant's gotten off of it. And the way that he's making a simple, easy pass, the easy early pass in the possession. So he's not like giving guys hand grenades at the end of shot clock. But, you know, I just think that, yeah. that all these things are, are coming into alignment. Now it's a matter of not having a bunch of slippage to keep moving down that road and then be playing your best basketball come April.
3: One of the guys that's been a key part of not only that defense, that offense, but just this turnaround uh, is Mike Conley. That was kind of the news of the week, right? Him taking essentially a pay cut to extend here for two more years. I'm just curious. You've been here for, you know, doing this for 26 years. You've seen a lot of guys come in and out. Uh, A lot of them haven't worked, but what are you, uh, what what's you know what have you seen maybe behind the scenes on the bus or whatever like that mike conley brings to this team and why is it so important that they extended him to have him around here for a couple more years
0: well i mean like what does it say to you guys that he signed for the number that he signed for were you guys shocked at the number
3: shocked <laughs> i would say yeah, <laughs> I mean, yes, yes really and, yes took, and no he's making twenty four and a half million this year and he's gonna make 22 million 21 million in the next two years that's I know Phil's less shocked than I
1: am, but that's a big, big pay cut. Well, we and again, like Kyle and I kind of went back and forth on this the other day on the podcast. I just feel like and again, I've never been in a situation in my life where I've made 200 million dollars doing something. So but I just feel like if if you're in your mid to late 30s and you've made a quarter of a billion dollars at your craft, what do you weigh more, squeezing an extra 10 million dollars out of another team or just being in a great situation where you still make a lot of money, by the way, I just feel like Conley's kind of in legacy mode, Jim. So that's why it makes sense. Like, would you rather play for a championship or go and be the point guard for the Spurs and help Wemby grow and lose a bunch of games? Like, it's kind of a no brainer to me to take a little bit less money to stay with a great situation, I guess.
0: Well, I mean, look look, wasn't it sad when Tony Parker went to Charlotte? I mean, <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. That, was, yeah, that was one of the saddest, that was one of the saddest like end, ends of the career. Like I just didn't, I didn't enjoy that. So um, I just, I wasn't that shocked when the number came out to tell you the truth, because um, you talk about the value of, of what Mike brings. I think that I think he was surprised that he was going to be uh, catapulted into the position that he was in once he was traded here. Cause I don't think he was crazy about leaving Utah and his family. I know his family wasn't his house was beautiful, he had this beautiful setup in Utah and then like in the off season, they go back to Ohio and they have their place in Ohio and they had this really kind of beautiful setup where their kids were still young enough where they didn't need to be in school yet for, for sure. Uh, but now they're, now they're going to be. And so I think that he's um and this happens a lot to players that come to Minnesota, by the way, they, they, they don't know much about it, you know, but once they get here, especially if they have families too, and they, the schools are wow. great, and and it's easy to live here, and it's it um it's easy to make friends, and um I think that this team more than any other team is like, it's like it was ready to have Mike Connolly here, so it, they've embraced him. The team chemistry, the team dynamic is such that, and I was saying this before too, because I, I just know that uh, my links run and through my NBA career, you know I made it to the NBA finals my second year in the league, um so you know drafted with Elijah Juan with Ralph Sampson we had this great team and so you only get so many bites of the apple because we thought that we when we lost to Boston in the 86 we thought we were geared up to have a run in the in the finals like the Lakers were going to have you know or had at the time we thought we were going to replace the Lakers because we felt like we were the up and coming young guns and we could beat the Lakers we proved that we beat them 3-1 in the playoff series and when you think you're going to get all these bites of the apple and it doesn't, it, and it all of a sudden that team was, was unraveled within two years. That team was, everybody was gone. It was all traded. Only Elijah was left. And, and then they rebuilt and then they won the championship in 92, you know, with, they, they, they won with, uh, with Vernon Maxwell or 94, excuse me, with mm-hmm. Vernon Maxwell and, all those, and Kenny Smith and all those guys. But I think Mike understands that. This is his best chance to win a championship. And I think legacy, like you said, a very important thing, Phil, legacy matters to these guys, you know, especially to a guy like Mike. So between his family being happy here, it being a great dynamic and him playing on a great team, being coached by a great coach like like Chris Finch, I think he really resonates with Chris Finch. Um, he, he really resonates with with the group, with the fan base. Um, I think that 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 discount that he gave the Wolves – I think was almost predictable because, I mean, we're looking at being at the second apron right now. I mean, the the, the tax is going to be real. And so I think legacy matters to Mike, and I think it's a great thing for this team. And it speaks volumes, Kyle, of, of, of how he's both viewed and how he views the organization.
1: It's Mackie here, and a shout-out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples, even. So I am an allergy sufferer, and it's uh, it's rough sometimes with stuffy, runny nose. For me, it can be like dry, scratchy eyes, throat, even just feeling tired. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live claritin clear fast and powerful relief just a quick trip away find claritin d or ask for claritin d at your pharmacy counter go to claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live claritin clear that's claritin.com use as directed yeah and now he's going to get another bite bite at potentially <laughs> no, championship. You're you're on your worst behavior today. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'll be here all day, folks. Uh, so another thing that was sort of trending, I guess, on Wolves Twitter and even around the NBA a couple days ago, Carl Anthony Towns sits down with Rachel Nichols and he and I'll paraphrase here, and I'm one of the idiots that that just saw the tweet come across and misconstrued it as, "Why is he talking about Steph and KG?" We might need to give him a history lesson. No, he was saying, I've been talking to KG. And you guys remember what happened with Steph Marbury and KG back in the day. Let's take egos aside. Anthony Edwards and myself just want to win. We want to take that torch and pick it up from 25 years ago. And from an ego-free standpoint, carry it forward. What did you make of that? Did you see those comments? And just even going back, reflecting on 25 years ago, it, it does feel like there's There's been a lack of closure of 25 years. Wolves fans have always wondered kind of what if those guys could have put by those guys, by the way, I'm Stefan Marbury is the one that's ego flared up uh, in that scenario. But what what do you make of Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns really having removed their egos to this point from the equation and just coming together to to play basketball and maybe win a championship?
0: I mean, is it any question that KG's all in on Minnesota, especially it's Anthony great. Edwards?
1: Get him back in the arena, come on!
0: <laughs> I mean, he is all in on Ant. I mean, that's been it's been great to see KG's comments about that, and I think that obviously you know um, Ticket knows the pitfalls too of what what could have been because that was my first year with the Wolves. My first year, uh, we started the season with with Steph Marbury, and then and then he was traded. Um, and that was one of the, that was one of the most difficult moments. I mean, for the for the franchise for sure, especially for Kevin Garnett. I mean, like Sam Mitchell was so angry at shoot shootaround on the day he was traded, he was throwing basketballs off the rack up. And I mean, like it really impacted this group a lot. It, it and it impacted the organization for for a long time because KGN, Steph Marbury were were supposed to be stocked in him alone. They were supposed to be. You know, eighteen-year careers together; those two breaking records, winning championships, uh, putting putting Minnesota on the map. And and Steph had other ideas. He couldn't deal with KG making the money that he was making, and he felt like it was his team, but it really was KG's team at the time. So, I think it's great perspective. I think it shows, and this is what um, you know. Carl is kind of as is, is really a thoughtful guy, man. Like he's a great person. Like I don't think P gets enough credit you guys for being the, the person that he actually is very thoughtful. Um, and so for him to like have these conversations and put it into that context for our fan base and, and Carl's been here nine years now. So he kind of understands the mindset of, of this, this, this sports ecosystem and how disappointed we've been here in Minnesota over the years. So I thought it was great perspective. I didn't see the the quotes. I I, I just really heard about it. Uh, In the last day or two, uh, but I I just thought it showed Carl has really great perspective.
3: Speaking of those comments from over the weekend, uh, they were delivered at All-Star Weekend, which I when Phil and I did this on Tuesday, Jim, I just I normally don't get mad online, but I was just screaming into the mic about how stupid All-Star Weekend has become, how bad the game was. I was watching an old highlight of an old All-Star game where like they actually tried and it was Kobe Bryant versus Stephon Marbury going at it in the fourth quarter shot for shot tough defense uh did you watch any part of this all-star game and what do you think about just how the game has kind of devalued itself and there's not a lot of effort and c- can you fix it can you fix the all-star game
0: <laughs> no I think I think it's I think it's part and parcel of, of what kind of sports has become it's sort of um I just think that um, there's no You just talked about Carl having perspective. I don't think there's any perspective. In fact, I I sent both of you the link, and Phil, you said you had seen it. Um, There was a video that the the NBA Players Association put out. They had done this documentary and a little, little, what is it, 15, 16-minute piece on the 1964 All-Star game when, I mean, basically they had to, like, um, threatened to not play a game that was super important to the owners because it was going to be really a it was going to be a a, con- a television contract with ABC, and so the players knew that if they if they were ever going to get leverage to be able to improve their work conditions, it was going to be this moment, this All Star game in 1964, 60 years ago, that they were going to be able to get a pension, you know, improved working uh, a situation, like better pay. Back then, guys were making eight grand a year, and they had to have two jobs. I mean, that was pretty common yeah. in all the sports back then, both in baseball and football and in pro basketball. But um, I just was thinking about about uh, Oscar Robertson because I had seen that. I had I knew about the nineteen sixty four All Star Game when they threatened to not play and that basically had to negotiate a deal with the owners there in Boston. Um, I just I just thought about Oscar Robertson sitting there on the bench. Like, what must he be thinking? they literally sacrificed their careers um, that night in Boston for the all during the all-star game. Um, they sacrificed their careers and what Oscar must be thinking sitting there. Can you imagine?
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, on, on one hand, I fought Kyle and said, just don't watch it. If I guess people get, people get outraged on the internet, but on the other hand, I don't know. I think you said it, that this is kind of the state of sports. And I, I think guys, are much more, first of all, players are much more transient in terms of you don't get guys that played for the Celtics for 10 years and then retired. And if they see a Laker on the streets, they're going to brawl in an alley, right? Like LeBron has played for Cleveland, Miami, back to Cleveland, over to LA. He's on private jets with Chris Paul and Carmelo. And like, everyone's friendlier than they were 30 years ago. And so they're like, they're literally Anthony Edwards verbalized it. He said, our goal is to just kind of have fun, take a vacation, and not hurt each other. And it, and if you were to ask Kobe Bryant 20 years ago, do you care if anyone <laughs> gets hurt? He'd say, I mean, we're just looking to win the game, first and foremost. So I, f- I feel like players being friends with each other is playing into it and probably a lack of maybe understanding the roots of what you're talking about from
0: 1964. Well, I, I just think that money and um, sort of like when you get – treated the way that the players get treated now i i'm not saying i want to go back to because i think that the players today are so super talented the shot making the way the game is played now is kind of is for me is a little bit more pleasing to the eye Um, when i see games back in the 80s and 90s like the spacing um the spacing issues is, is it's it's awful sometimes in some ways to watch but i think that in some ways the players were were bigger personalities i mean just i mean just think about the names you were talking about in the 90s kyle and then you you go back to some of those 80s all-star games too i mean like it was it was a who's who and they all played mm-hmm. and um they didn't need a bunch of gimmicks on on all-star saturday night to get people to be interested in it and i just think that the fact that that you're not getting the best players the fact that mac McClung, i mean thank like, you he's, yeah he's great like he's great like i love the guy like he like i he He's and and I loved actually he said something that was super important, too, because he was like people were asking him about why he's not playing in the NBA. And he's like, look, this is my this is this is my lot. Like, this is the this is the cross that I've got to bear. I'm paraphrasing now, but like he's basically saying like this is this is my situation. I've got to like, like live through this and I'm making the best of it, you know. And so I'm not hating on Mac Mac McClung. Like, he's great. Like, he's a fantastic dunker. But the fact that he's won twice in a year, twice in a row should be an embarrassment to the players in this league that that they aren't competing to to, to do something that's like a it's a marquee event at All-Star weekend like you can, you can make talk about legacy i mean you can be you could be a legend by winning that if you come correct you know and so it just bothers me that that like even the way that they went through the skills challenge too like they didn't take that seriously they weren't yeah. even following the rules how many times do guys have to start over again you know i mean like i just they aren't they aren't taking it seriously I think it's going to probably end up like like the like the pro football uh, you know all star game too. Like I just think the Pro Bowl is a joke too, playing touch football. I mean, uh,
1: <laughs> they do they do a they Dick do a long but- drive but- competition but- among but- players.
0: Dick Butkus is rolling over in his grave right now seeing touch football. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is. Um,
1: I can see Dick Butkus uh, a bloody taped hand coming <laughs> through the dirt. Just no. <laughs> No, <laughs> uh,
0: I don't know. So I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan, man. Like, I, I really am to the point now where I am like next year. I am not going to talk about all star. I'm not going to talk about who should make the all star. I don't care if they don't care. I don't care. So that's kind of where I'm at at this, at this juncture.
1: He gets it. Phil.
0: Standing ovations
1: from Kyle. I, I will say. And then Kyle has a, a fun talker here. Last point is I am 10 times more offended by a G League player winning the dunk contest than I am about like guys not trying as much in the All-Star game. It stops. I don't know if like Vince Young or Vince Young, if Vince Carter scared everyone 20 years ago by putting his elbow in the rim and said, okay, wow, we can't top that. But LeBron James has never competed in the dunk contest. Anthony Edwards should be in the dunk contest before he's in the skills competition shooting left-handed. There's so many star players that I'd love to see in the dunk contest. All due respect to Mac McClung, but... What are we doing here? If we're not going to put people well, that are I, household I think, names in the dunk contest,
0: I think um, like I don't Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. They kind of broke the dunk contest. That was one yeah, of the greatest, that was the
1: best
3: one.
0: What was one of the greatest displays in basketball history? Like those two, what those two, two did mano a mano, going at each other. And I I think that that almost like what do you do after that? Like I think I think those two broke the all, the slam dunk contest because I think that we might have run out of dunks like those guys right, didn't. It. Right. <laughs> I mean, then, and then Mac McClung does what he does. So I guess there's still things it's, you know, it's, it's really about the style and it's about the guys going out there and giving you absolute effort. And I think that's all anybody wants. And, uh, but you know, until they fix being able to play competitively on game day, it's not going to yeah. matter what they do. Start Saturday night.
3: Yeah, I agree. Uh Yeah. We can close with this Phil. So, Break is done. Wolves Games start tonight, by the way, and I'm so thankful because I have run out of Yellowstone episodes to watch. Uh, but basketball <laughs> starts tonight. Wolves are back tomorrow. Seven-game homestand, 27 games left. So this question to you is like the best question for this break. I've always wanted you, uh, Minnesota born and raised, you played at the U of M, you live in Minnesota. Who would be on your Mount Rushmore, men or women of Minnesota basketball personalities? So like people from Minnesota play basketball who was on your mount rushmore of minnesota basketball players men or women
0: that's a great question um i wish i knew like more of the high school like history but there's i only get four names you know so that's that's kind of the you know there's there've been so many great high school coaches that have impacted the game dave thorson who right now is with uh with with ben johnson at the university of minnesota dave thorson is one of the great high school coaches of all time uh, at De La Salle. The number of, of Division One college basketball players that that dude kicked out, um, he he would be on my list of, of considerations. But you know, I you know Kevin Garnett has to be on the bas- on on my Mount Rushmore. I just think that he's just too important to to basketball history in the state, especially. The, the amount of, uh, of of people that he turned on to the game, people love the game of basketball, and not just here in Minnesota. KG had a worldwide impact, so that has to put him on Mount Rushmore for that very reason. So ticket is for sure going to be on my Mount Rushmore. Um, I think you know the greatest pro to play in the NBA in this, and and also great college player too at the University of Minnesota is Kevin McHale. Mm-hmm. So McHale has to be has to be on my Mount, Mount Rushmore. Um, I mean, all-time NBA great. I mean, George Mikan, I mean, does George Mikan deserve to be on there? I think that there's there's some consideration there for them. I would also throw Michael Thompson's name out there if it's not George Mikan. Michael Thompson was my biggest hero. I wore 43 in the NBA because of Michael and uh, perhaps the greatest gopher of all time. Um, and then,
1: and, dude, the broadcasting career too. I mean, how, how long has oh, he been yeah. with the Lakers now, man? Thirty years. Yeah, he
0: was here. He was here for a couple of years, and then he uh, he left, and he left here in uh, two thousand three, two thousand four. Was my first year doing TV after he left. So he was here in in uh, two thousand two, two thousand three was what? his last. So, year. so, so the
1: Lakers stole Michael Thompson and Mike Trudell from us the last fifteen years.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right and and the yeah. team name the lakers they stole everything right <laughs> uh, and then so, so here's my last one Lindsay whalen is going to make my mountain rushmore hall of fame yeah uh yeah she's she's just too important to the game in terms of uh of what she's done with the Lynx and with the gophers and putting this game on the map of the state of minnesota she's the greatest women's player uh from the state of minnesota so um so that's it. K G, mikhail miken and whalen it's
1: place. a good list, man. That's,
3: that's
0: a good a, list.
1: It's a good list right there. So we we promised we wouldn't
3: pump your tires having you on every week, but since it is your birthday, I'm gonna throw you a bone here. If I I was doing this with my dad last night, this this game, and we filtered it to Minnesota, you have to also be born here. So if that caveat is added, oh. the one that my dad and I came up with was Lindsey Whalen, Kevin McHale, you, and then uh, Tyus Jones. Because again, like oh, the, wow. the impact you had, not only playing at U of M, but like now again, you said you've worked here for 26 years. You are, you know, you are Minnesota Timberwolves basketball. Um, so that was R four if it was from the local area and you were born here. But I think yours, bigger picture, makes a lot of sense. So that was mine.
0: No, I, I think that, you know, um, if, if I was going to do a Timberwolves one, I, I don't know, you know, we're just, just we're just flip fitting because I kind of. Threw a wrench mm, into my mm. whole philosophy about, you know, I think a lot of people have a lot of love for Flip because, you know, Flip is from Ohio, obviously. But, you know, if we were doing a Timberwolves one, um, I don't, if I'm doing a, a, a Mount Rushmore of Timberwolves uh, Hall of Fame, like, I don't know. I I, I got to reserve a spot for Finchie too because I think Finchie's going to be on that Mount Rushmore. When, Flip, when all of
3: Yeah. Jeff Munich, JJ, and, <laughs> and then Jim.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. What about uh, what about Marvin Harve? Those two could have like they could have their like. Can you make two heads into one? I don't know. Like, they go together. Like, Those
1: the Mount Rushmore guys. has a Siamese twin section over there. I guess it's like. By the way, I did pull up uh, the the ten the top ten Minnesota born players in NBA history in terms of just minutes played. So just okay. minutes played in the NBA, Jim Pete, you are tenth on this list, and yeah. then. Brad Lowhouse is nine. Devin George, Joel Prisbilla, Tyus Jones. Number five is Dick Garmaker. D- uh, Garmaker, right? Dick Garmaker, Garmaker from the 19th. Yeah.
0: 1950.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Just catching <laughs> <them> strays. <straight. laughs> Randy Brewer, Chris Humphreys, Mark Olberding, and then Kevin McHale. Most minutes, Minnesota Bulls. Chris Humphreys played a lot of minutes. Okay. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. He played for a
3: long he time.
0: Played a, he played a long time. Like Chris Humphrey's played a long time. I see him at um when I go work out at the gym and he's still in, he's still in great shape. But that dude, he was pretty skilled, man. He only played, he was one and done at the University of Minnesota, but he played a long time in the NBA. Um uh had a had a pretty great uh, underrated career, underrated yeah, career. True. And, then, and then Mark Oberding is one of the greats of all time. I mean, he's he was one of the classic like one and dunce too, because he played at the University of Minnesota. I think I don't remember if he played one or two years at Minnesota before he left with Bill Musselman to go play in the ABA too. He played in the ABA for the San Diego Sales. Musselman took him with him when Must left and, and uh Jim Dutcher came in. So yeah, those are those are some great memories, man. Some great names. There have been some great players. We need some more gophers making it into the NBA right now. Amir Coffee though. Amir Coffee's rotation, he, man. He's riding up the list now. He's doing a great job with the Clippers. I had a chance to chat Amir up on the court. And I'm so happy for him because his dad's a great guy. Um, Richard Coffey's a great guy, and I'm so proud of Amir and what he's doing now with the Clippers.
1: Yeah, we need that. I, I had a little bit of a dry spell. I think it was like Chris Humphreys was co- coffee was a second round pick, right? Cause I think we yeah. went like 15 years without a, a gophers player getting drafted in either the first or second round. So we got to get some more. I agree. Get some more Gophers out there. But Jim Pete, happy birthday to you! Thanks again this Jim Thank Pete you. Thursday here. <laughs> hey, are you uh, are
3: you on the call? Are you on the call tomorrow night? I know the games on ESPN. Are you doing? Is Bally's doing a call as well?
0: Yeah, we're doing the call. We're going to say nine. Is it a nine p.m. game tomorrow? They moved it back. We're the second game. Yeah. Was speaking
3: yesterday. of coffee, you're going to need some coffee for that because <laughs> that's a late <laughs> tip.
0: Oh, you're going to love that that time, Kyle. It's right in your wheelhouse. It is. O'clock. It's perfect for
3: me. Perfect yeah. for
1: me. I appreciate you. Oh, man. Some of us are going
3: to need right, a four-hour four nap.
0: Fellas.
1: Thank you, sir. Awesome, man. Love you, Jim. We'll talk to you right. again next Love week, you man. See ya. All right, see ya. Jim Peterson, legendary Jim Peterson. We'll get our guy Ross in here in just a second, Kyle, for a random wolf of the week. You can leave the birthday hat on. It will start to cut Since into birth. my face. Oh. <laughs> why, why is there blood dripping down the side of Kyle's face? <laughs> just grinding out that Jim Pete discussion. Uh, But let's say hello to a couple friends first, starting with Modest Brewing. So Mm. the Wolves are home for the next couple weeks, and Modest Brewing could be your home for a fun pregame activity. Head on down to one of the best tap rooms in the Twin Cities, right in the North Loop, just down the street from Target Center. Also, cans available inside liquor stores throughout the metro. It's very close to Target Center, and it's a great spot to grab a beer before or after a Wolves game. So tomorrow night... Got that late start? Maybe you can get an early start at Modest and head there for some of these games on the homestand, Kyle. And when you're back in town here again, we'll uh, we'll crack a couple beers at Modest Brewing and ModestBrewing.com. Uh, also, a shout out to our friends at First Equity Mortgage. So, David at First Equity helped me refinance a home six or seven years ago. I want to say, and I had a great experience. First Equity has been around 24 years in the Twin Cities market. They pride themselves on supporting the community and treating every customer as a friend and neighbor. David's actually, as we've mentioned, a 20 year season ticket holder of the Timberwolves and the Lynx. He's been around uh, for a game or two, these Timberwolves (laughs) eras that we discussed Uh, and they work fast. They work efficiently and they're one of the best loan originators in the country. You know, you're getting a great experience with first equity mortgage FEMort.com or ScoreNorth.com. keyword David. Okay, Ross, come on in here. Ross has been down for the count man he's got Ross has been like to more doctors and been Ross Ross got hit with like a cold bug that turned into something ferocious but he's back
2: now he We're sounds back. a lot better I'm on a bit of a delay with you guys can you even see me
3: oh uh, we can, you can see, see you you can hear you yeah. it's time for our favorite segment of the week it is a segment we'll that, we... uh, like like you said at the top a segment that is spurred... any better yeah you're back now you're good I'm good now um, this segment has spurred some some new guests that uh, I'm excited for that one. I don't know if we're gonna drop it today or tomorrow or whenever, but uh, we have another guest coming on that's gonna be a fun one. So
1: yes, so be on the lookout for a random Bonus wolf the episode week joining the show. So here's how it works: Kyle, by the way, has an eight to five lead over me all time. Ross will throw out a series of clues. We get up to three incorrect guesses each. We can shout out answers whenever we want to. If one of us hits a third incorrect guess, the other person wins automatically. The last handful of random wolves. Andre Kirilenko, J.R. Ryder, Sam Mitchell, Derek Rose, and Robert Covington. If we can get Ross's internet to work, we will commence here.
2: I was just so. going to tell you to stall. I'll be right back. But I think we're good. I think we're, <laughs> I think we're okay. We let's get it. I think it. we're good. Let's Let's try this. Okay, here we go. Clue number one. This random wolf of the week is in his 30s. This random wolf of the week is okay. in his thirties. I can already tell Kyle doesn't love the clue based off of the way. No, he I think that's my wheelhouse. Just I just reacted to it under forties
3: for me and a little over forty. Phil always ha- hits those. I, so. okay. I have
1: a much better memory of things that happened in like the nineties and early two thousands than I do yesterday.
2: Uh, you have good <laughs> yeah. long term
1: recall. Where'd you yeah. and your wife go to dinner last night? I don't know, but I remember that game against the Golden State Warriors when Adonal Foyle went for fifteen and twenty <laughs> against. On uh, our brains are broken. Okay, 30s.
2: This random wolf of the week could best be described as an NBA journeyman. This random wolf of the week could best be described as an NBA journeyman.
1: Boy. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Okay, there's a lot of candidates here.
2: <laughs> this random wolf of the week... Played in over 800 career games. Okay, so You said random...
1: played, so it's yeah, not
2: active I anymore. Huh? Not going to oh, work anymore, that's at, for sure. Look at you guys picking up on some of the clues. This random wolf of the week retired in November of 2020.
1: Just had en- just had enough. The pandemic, just, just <laughs> just done.
2: Done. Dumb, his, I'm done with all the masks. Done with took all his this. Ball crap. and
1: stayed home. The
3: crossing,
2: crossing <laughs> sports, but very Miko koivu like. I'm out.
3: Yeah. Peace. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> podcasting. I'm just going to stop doing them one day. You won't even hear from me. Wait. I'm not so, going to be like what? LeBron and have a farewell tour that he's 50-50 on. I'm just going to be out. You'll be like, where did he go?
1: Retired oh. in November 2020. Retired on yeah. top.
2: This random wolf of the week did play college basketball. So he did play college basketball. Oh, we forgot the heat checks. We'll bring that back next week. I have a guess. Okay. Is it Wayne Ellington? It is not Wayne Ellington. Okay. I think we should
1: have a Wayne Ellington (laughs) guess of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we we forgot our heat check guess of the week. Off the the top, we get a heat check guess. I have like
3: four names in my head, but he he played college. I thought you were going to maybe tell me where, but okay, he played college basketball.
2: Wayne does appear to be the favorite random guess out of nowhere. (laughs) I I like that.
1: The the RKO out of nowhere.
2: (laughs) This random wolf of the week is six foot nine inches tall. This random wolf of the week is six foot nine inches tall. Hmm. This is, random wolf of the week played for eight different NBA franchises, going back incredible. to that journeyman.
1: So, averaging a hundred games per franchise, basically. How, how many guesses do we get? Three. Yeah, we can burn one. Rosses. Uh,
3: no. You want not, me to read it? You want me no, to read it? No, I'll just Blue say, again, is it w. is it Evan
1: Turner?
2: It is not Evan Turner. Okay. Okay, are the wolves Evan- still
1: paying, like, a cap hit on him? I see him on the track page. <laughs> uh, I not don't right now. I'm He's not cheating still, right now. but He has the coolest house in Portland. It's up on this hill. I
3: think I've told this before, but uh, he still hasn't sold it yet. I got confirmed last week because he. I ran into someone who knows him. But uh, his house, fill was this house out in Portland on this hill that a garbage truck accidentally slipped backing up and fell through the bushes and fell into his pool. And they had to get, like, two cranes to lift this giant garbage thing out of Evan Turner's pool and uh, it Holy hurt cow. his uh resale value uh as I'm learning about oh. buying a house so uh <laughs> random Evan Turner story I don't think they're still paying him he might still be on a random spot track I'm not even sure if he
1: played for the wolves like did he ever report I don't think I don't know. he played a game it was just his contract oh, by the okay, way are we cool. counting guess, just contracts <laughs> That's what I want to know, because there's been a couple guys like didn't Theo Ratliff once get trade like his contract got traded or he might have played a game for the Wolves.
3: OK, that was a terrible guess is this summary. Uh, my bad, Ross. Keep keep cooking.
2: This random wolf of the week has won an NBA title. Yeah.
1: See, I'm onto this. He, so he, when uh, he went out on top, dude, he 100 percent went out on top because why so would he, you retire in November of 2020? Because the season ended in, in October of 2020.
2: He's on that list of wolves that have won NBA championships.
1: I think of that team now. It was basically LeBron, A D, and a bunch of other randoms.
2: Of those eight franchises, this random wolf of the week played for one of them twice. He's
3: oh, six nine, okay because i had another guess but he's a guard okay six nine
2: this random wolf of the week averaged just under nine points per game in his nba career
1: that one never does it for me but it's you
2: know but it it tells you that he's
1: like a like if you score nine points a game in the nba you're like a solidly in in a rotation you know you're not yeah that's true that's true okay
2: this random wolf of the week played parts of six seasons for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, wow. Whoa, okay. This one won't do it for Kyle, but it might be helpful to Phil. This random Wolf of the Week averaged 9.9 points per game while playing for the Timberwolves. So scored more points than his career average while playing for the Timberwolves. Is it... Oh, God.
1: Is it? Is it Nemanja Bielitsa? Is that a guess? He played... I mean, it has to be. It's official. It's it's wrong. but <laughs> it he's is
3: still right. playing. Okay. Stop trying you to can, bury his career. You I don't think he's playing. Is he playing? Isn't Belly...
2: Didn't we look this up? I think he's Isn't playing, he on the he Warriors? Was with the war, he,
1: he was with the Warriors a couple years ago, wasn't he? Or is he still on the, I'm going to look up
2: Bielitsa. This random wolf of the week has scored 50 points in an NBA game. Koi Kyle's correct. You're I was gonna. Oh, you know
1: what's funny? Congratulations, Cal. I was gonna Kyle. guess Corey Brewer three clues ago, but kept going back to the six foot nine thing. I'm like, he's not six I, foot nine. That I was Is gonna Corey guess Corey Brewer six foot nine. Uh, it's a good. I was gonna guess Aaron Brooks was
3: well, one. Now but then I'm that, down nervous cooking. that I
2: screwed you guys up. Let's double check.
3: No, no, no. Uh, that no one
2: way he's six
3: foot nine. He so I'm looking this up now on my phone. He did Corey Brewer retired in November. He's six
1: foot nine.
3: <laughs> really? <laughs> wow, dude! Kyle's back on track. Congratulations! Corey Brewer retired on November sixteenth, twenty twenty. Um, you're right. And I think he's on a coaching staff now, somewhere in the league. The the Pelicans.
2: He he's a part of playing about Yeah. Okay. Good, yeah, call. Good call.
3: Man, Corey Brewer. That was is, a
1: tough one. We went through like nine, nine, thirteen,
2: guesses or nine. You got to thirteen. Clues.
1: Bielitsa, by the way, he won a championship with the Warriors in 2022. And then psh, that was it. That was a wrap for him. Oh, so Spend he's eight. not in the league. He's, out. he's been
3: out for two years, I guess, apparently. Because oh, I saw in the last week there was a photo of him and Ricky Rubio over in like Spain. Because Rubio is kind of doing more Spanish basketball things again, which is great. Uh, good to see him kind of out there again in public. But um, OK, I did not know that. I, I would have bet money that Belly was still on the Warriors. So,
1: And I would have bet That's money that bad.
3: Corey Brewer was six foot seven. Or six foot six, but I six guess foot shoot nine, your, that's too straight your shot, man. That's what happens when you're skinny, I guess. You
1: just look shorter. I don't know.
3: <laughs> good, good round, Ross. I'm glad we have you back.
2: Yeah. Good work to you, Kyle. All
1: right. Nice job, boys. That's another episode of Flagrant Howls. Please click the like button and the subscribe button on the Scorn Earth YouTube channel and over on Apple and Spotify. You can help us grow the show by giving us a five star rating and a positive review. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think about these Thursday Jim Pete episodes. We're having a blast with these and be on the lookout for a random Wolf of the Week joining us for a bonus episode before the end of the week is over. He's Kyle. I'm Phil. That's producer extraordinaire Ross. This is a Timberwolves Lifestyle Podcast.